I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinnen Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing the lock. Touchdown chance. Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot. I have Richie from Jets Media. Richie, how you doing tonight? Ryan, thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. I'm excited to take some call-ins. I'm excited to talk to Jets Nation. It's been one heck of a ride these past couple of weeks, man. Yeah, right. You got to be exhausted, too. The whole, like, the last stretch of, like, Aaron Rodgers combine free agency has been a fucking whirlwind for me. So how, how have you been the last few weeks? Oh, yeah. I've been exhausted, but I will not be complaining because I want this. Th we're going to look back at this era of the offseason as the historical turning point of this franchise. I mean, like whether it's Jets Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, YouTube, all of us coming together and reacting live to Aaron Rodgers saying on the Pat McAfee show from him, his own words, which is was such a unique thing that we got mm -hmm. to experience in that way, guys. Really make sure we take for granted that we don't take for granted, rather, that we heard from Aaron Rodgers himself that I want to be a New York Jet. We didn't hear from a third-party source, a report from this beat reporter. We heard from the man himself that he wants to be a New York Jet. And I know he's not a Jet official yet, but don't worry. He's coming. I promise you that. Dude, my wife, Becca, was livid for like the week and a half leading up to the whole like Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers thing, because I was like, I'm pacing around my house. This could drop at any minute. I'm going to have my camera rolling live. Like, just, I'm <laughs> hanging out in my office. I just wanted to go live. Or like, I just want it to be on so that way he catches my live reaction. I was like, that because that's the panic as like, you know, content creators. You're like, oh God, I got to be around my computer in case this like game changing news breaks. And that's what all of us were doing. And then we got lucky enough to have Aaron Rodgers schedule the show for us to actually see it. Like that is that. Like I wish he had done it a week and a half earlier. <laughs> I could have saved a bunch of time. But man, like you said, <laughs> it was awesome. I also want to say congratulations for getting on the diehards for Twitter. That was really friggin' cool. And I just want to say, I did notice, I don't know if I have one on me, there was a uh, there was a Jets Talk 24-7 wristband on your wrist, and I was like, oh, my guy. Yes, <laughs> Easter egg. I, I love it. <laughs> I Talk to me. How, how was that experience? That was really cool. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, Ryan. It was, it was surreal. It was so awesome to be invited to the Jets facility and be – in the building and being torn around walking on the, the field inside and uh, being inside the production room with all the amazing people behind the scenes at one jets drive productions and films and all those guys and meeting them and like knowing all the, their work like Dan Spazowski, I believe his name is I've been following him for so long. He's the jets photographer and videographer. Mm. And then when I get introduced to him, he's like, this is Dan. I'm like, 
I know you are, Dan. Nice to meet you finally. <laughs> like it was, it was so cool, man, just to be interviewed that way and being around. Um, and you can just feel the sense in the building that like mm. they knew something exciting is going on. Like the buzz in the building was different. Like you can just feel, and, and it was also also really cool to see everyone's everyday job. Like I was walking yeah. through the offices and I just like, first I'm asking, oh, Douglas is at the combine. Where's Sala? Like where, where are all the boys at? Um, I actually ran into Urban Charles at a hotel, but he did not want to talk. Um, mm. But it was, it was really, it was really <laughs> surreal to be at that, that whole experience and to be interviewed that way and be uh, in the production and them taking pictures and telling me to pose with a straight face. Like it was pretty hilarious, uh, but definitely an experience I'll never, ever forget. Dude, it was so cool. That's you actually got to where I was gonna say. I was gonna say when did that actually get filmed? So it was during Combine Week. Yeah, it was the day D Douglas spoke to the media. It was the day I was invited. Mm. It was uh, Monday like, or Tuesday, probably February twenty eighth. I think it was a Tuesday, yeah. um, mm. and it was recorded. I was the first one there, and then they invited everybody. Like they scheduled all of us to come mm. uh, separate times for the for the interview. And while mm. I was there, the, the director of One Jets Drive, his name's Seth Bradley, and I told mm. him like, like I don't know who you invited here, but you need to do like Jets YouTubers like as well. I don't know if you know like Jets YouTube is like different. He's Rock. Like, oh yeah, we're, we're aware of that and stuff. I'm like, you should do a whole feature. Like, I like show my wristband. I'm like Jets Talk, Jets Central. Like, we're all like, because I because I wanted you guys to be recognized, you know, and um, he's definitely I appreciate that. He definitely thought about. Dude, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I was like a little hurt. I was like. Clearly, I'm not a diehard. I had like in my about on YouTube, it says diehard Jets fan. I'm gonna have to take that out now. <laughs> I'm very upset. I know, oh, man. When, hurt. when they when Richie they even highlighted, them. Uh, they even highlighted like Matt O'Leary and Jet Central, which was awesome. I saw that. Like, I was like, oh, at least where, the YouTube guys Ryan? got on. I was like, where's fucking Ryan me at? and Green Bean and Tyson and Buffalo <laughs> just got yeah, Shaft, Asmin, all of us. Like, I see how it is. Whatever. It's okay. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was cool. And, and not even just from, from like, for me, but like Twitter and like mm -hmm. the way they brought Twitter to life in that way, like production wise, like they brought mm -hmm. it to life. Like the way that they edited that, like Twitter yeah. is such a unique platform and people mm -hmm. don't know this, but I started on Twitter. Like Twitter was mm -hmm. my first introduction into the jets atmosphere. And then after mm -hmm. I built a following on Twitter, I was like, I want to start making YouTube videos. So like I started on Twitter. So it was kind of cool how it all came full circle full circle yeah it's funny i did like the opposite <laughs> i was like oh i got a youtube i was like, i'm gonna make some videos and i was like ah oh, you know people keep asking for my twitter i was like, i'm gonna make a twitter and i am <laughs> bad at twitter i'm i'm never fast on it it's like i'm responding to comments like a day or two later i'm like ah whatever i gotta get better at it but dude it's like it was really cool the way they animated everything and like you know the little like text popping up and then like like the, the view counts and the, like just the different animations they made to make Twitter come alive and seeing all the personalities. Cause I've never seen, I shouldn't say I've never seen, but there was a lot of the people that were featured on it. I've never seen like face to face. Like I've seen you, I've seen boy green. And I think I've seen either, I think I saw NYJ Mike on one of your streams one time, maybe. Uh, but I never met NYJ Matt or, or uh, I think it was dude diligence and a few of the other ones. I met Krista one time. That was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, really neat to kind of see like the people behind the Twitter handles. I feel like with YouTube, it's like kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, I, I agree. And seeing the people that they picked and choose to like represent in that, and that was really cool. Like I, I met Krista before I met NYJ, Mike and Matt at training camp, boy, mm. boy green. I never met in person, but it was really cool to see him. He adds such a unique flavor. I love him. He's awesome. 
And he, um, he, I, he's and a I ball him, energy. <laughs> I know. I love him. So he's, he's great. And then I told him, he's we got to get the Jets YouTubers on, man. We got to do a whole segment on them because I told him that you think Jets Twitter is the best, like Jets YouTubers run YouTube in, in the grand scheme of, mm. of like comparing it to other fan bases. What other fan mm. base has the amount of YouTubers on one freaking fan base that does oh, the dude. amount of streams that we do? Like I was live for six hours. Matt was live for six hours. You were live for six hours. I mean, during mm -hmm. this whole week, and I saw people on Dolphins Twitter, um, mm -hmm. like, where's making? Not where's confusing, our guy? Was like, they were like, dude, these Jets fans are wild. They're live for six hours, and like, you know, like all their fans are looking at us like we're crazy. Because guess what? We mm -hmm. are. We're a different breed, and it's it's awesome. Dude, and there's so many of fanatic. us. Fanatic, right? Like that—that's where it comes from. And there is no other YouTube space like Jets YouTube. There's no other Twitter space like Jets Twitter. Like we are just a rabid bunch of like diehard fans. Like it almost feels like with like the the coverage you get from Twitter and from YouTube and and like all the different like Facebook pages and things like that, you could almost not pay attention to like any major media outlet, and you'd get all your information from like just fan related stuff. And that's the beautiful thing about this generation. It's like you said, it's fan. We're just fans. Mm -hmm. We're connecting with fans. Like we're, we're giving you our thoughts as a fan, which is why so many people can relate because we're not corporate, you know, like mm -hmm. that sometimes people yeah. get lost and there's like someone in their ear, like mm -hmm. telling them what to say. We don't know that. Like when you're yeah. a first taker, NFL network, mm -hmm. or whatever, all those people have, if you guys didn't know this, sorry to break you, break your heart, but there's literally a microphone in their ears and there's people telling them what to say and stuff. Like for us, mm -hmm. it's just authentic fans. That's all we are. We're passionate, loyal fans like everybody else, man. It's, it's, it's a unique, unique platform. I love it. Yeah, that authenticity definitely rings true because I feel like a lot of people, especially Jet fans in particular, like the media has just absolutely ripped on us. And I feel like this is a good transition into the Rodgers stuff. Watching Rodgers go off on Schefter and Rappaport and having him break the news he broke on a YouTube podcast, nonetheless, is so cool <laughs> from like our, our perspectives. And to like see that the, the friggin' the media has been ripping the Jets for 20 years. And then Rogers comes in, he's like, yo, screw off media. Watch this. I'm going to go to the Jets. And now Jet fans are going bananas. And now the media can't even like give us any clout. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Jets don't have any leverage. He's on the Packers and like all his other bullshit. I was like, you can't even be happy for us. <laughs> How did you feel about the, the lose my number from uh, Rogers? Oh, it was fantastic. And I alluded to it earlier on the show when we first started, Ryan, that mm -hmm. I love how Aaron Rodgers announced this. And you got to give the New York Jets a lot of credit. And I was tweeting this out. I had a theory, and my theory mm -hmm. was proven correct, that the New York Jets were keeping this so close tight that they were either lying to reporters or just simply just ignoring them. Because what were mm -hmm. we hearing, Ryan, leading up until the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers? that Aaron Rodgers still hasn't made a decision if he's going to retire or be on the Jets or go to the Packers. That was still mm -hmm. what we heard from our own beat reporters. That was still what we heard from – Dude, up to like Rappaport. Wednesday morning. <laughs> and then we hear from Rodgers, oh, I already made my decision Friday. So mm -hmm. he told the Jets he wants to play for the Jets, and the Jets kept that so close and tight because they knew how much it meant for Aaron Rodgers to announce it on his own terms and not allow the reporters to report his business. So the Jets did a phenomenal job. They let Rodgers do his thing. He goes on the Pat McAfee show. And how beautiful was it that we got to hear Rodgers announced to the world with 500,000 people watching live or whatever the number was, that mm -hmm. he intends to play 
for the New York Jets. From his mouth to our ears, instead of a tweet from Adam Schefter or a tweet from Connor Hughes, I mean, that's a very unique, different style of generational reporting right there. Seeing it on a Pat McAfee show that is just independent. I know that he's a former player and everything, but like that was really cool. And you got to give the Jets credit for them to literally – my theory was the Jets have to be lying because there's no mm-hmm. way Roger still did not make his mind up. That's just impossible. And it was correct. He made his mind up, and the Jets didn't tell a soul. I thought it was cool, and I don't know if you caught it as well, but there was a comment made by Rodgers where he said something along the lines of, like, the national media had nothing right. It was actually the most accurate stuff was coming from Jet commentators or, like, Jet – I don't know if he said Jet fan commentators, but it was, like, a very, like, like odd thing. I was like – not not to the to the jet fans come on <laughs> you can do it come on <laughs> give us a little boost i love it the whole aaron rodgers stuff is just so fascinating it's so awesome now i have a poll question in the chat when does a rogers trade happen i have four uh things listed there so before draft post june 1st by training camp or during training camp and i'm curious to see where you stand on this because i want to have the discussion as far as like who has leverage and Leverage. you know maybe yeah do you want to do you want to jump off and kind of give your thoughts on where you think the leverage may lie now versus then and like how you sort of see this maybe playing out yeah i think right now that like the reason why this trade hasn't happened is because there's no deadline right when there's a trade deadline mm-hmm. a deal has to happen right for Derek carr for example the raiders had to make a trade of, of, by the certain date and if they cannot mm. find a trade partner by this date, all of his money becomes guaranteed on their books, which is why they mm. had to frantically look for a trade partner. They couldn't find a trade partner, so they eventually just had to release him. Well, there's mm. no deadline for this, which is why there's no rush. So the first deadline is the NFL draft. And now, while the Jets have the leverage from this standpoint, if the Green Bay Packers... <laughs> you see, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. What? The people in the chat hate the term leverage because everyone's been saying it across the oh, media and YouTube. I, that's deal with it. We're talking. Me, about, we're having like, a discussion. Leverage. Right? <laughs> leverage. Well, that's what I said. I was like, leverage. Everyone's <laughs> leverage. Who has the leverage? Well, we have the leverage, okay? Because the NFL draft is coming, and if the Packers want any picks in this year's draft class, we have the say. Um, so that's the first deadline. But my perspective of the whole thing is the Green Bay Packers. They need to trade Aaron Rodgers big time for their financial standpoint. The Jets are loaded as a roster, and we are a quarterback away. We've been saying that all offseason. The Jets need Aaron Rodgers this season from a short-term standpoint. But the Green Bay Packers, if they want to finally see what their long-term solution is with Jordan Love, they absolutely have to trade Aaron Rodgers, get that money off the books so they can use assets to build around their young quarterback to see what he's got. Because guess what? They don't know what Jordan Love is yet, they're hopeful that he's something. They have, they developed him for three years, and they did the same thing with Farr, blah, 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 blah. But if you're from the Packers' standpoint, they desperately need to make this trade. From the Jets' perspective, it might seem like we're desperate to make the trade, which we we, we technically are, right? I'm not saying we're not mm-hmm. going to get Rodgers. But the Jets are, are, are holding this out because they know that the Packers need to trade Aaron Rodgers more than the Jets need to get him. And that that's kind of my standpoint. That's why I feel like the Jets are being patient here because they know that – the Packers want to trade him and need to trade him just as much as the Jets want him. So that's why it's just inevitable it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Um, I think that's very likely that it could go to that post-1 uh, June 1st deadline in terms of the, the financial 
perspective of it. So I wouldn't be shocked. And if you look at it from the grand scheme of things, it's going to suck as a fan base that we have to wait that long. But the Jets, if it if it is traded by the post-June uh, 1st deadline, that means the Jets get to keep all their assets in this year's NFL draft. That means we can build this year. You saw what Joe Douglas did last year. It gives the Jets their first, second, third, all their draft picks to really build this team for the foreseeable future and get Aaron Rodgers in June right in time for camp. So I think that's the most um, – I don't want to say most likely, but that's definitely a scenario that Jets fans need to keep in mind. But there's also a way that all of a sudden they're just come to an agreement this week. It's hard to really guess. Yeah, it's it's tough to get a, a read on because Trey Wingo and Rogers both said that like, oh, this trade's 90% done. It should get done in the next week or so. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm thinking the same thing you are. There's no deadline right now. Like, why would they get a trade done aside from doing it out of the kindness of their hearts, which is, you know, really not a great business way to do anything. But, you know, you talk about uh, how Rodgers, you know, during the McAfee show was saying that you have a 18-year veteran, a 15-year quarterback for you that was, uh, you know, he's, he's looking to move on, like do right by him and like all this different stuff. So you could tell Rodgers is kind of trying to like push it to get done sooner. But I agree. I think there, there's certain aspects that you could look at. And the draft is the first deadline that I think a lot of people are going to look at. And the Packers have 10 picks in this draft. I think there's totally an opportunity for them to say, hey, we want to wait and help our cap situation until June 1st, and we'll take the 2024 pick. And at that point, if I'm Joe Douglas, one, I'm fine with that because, like you said, we get to use all our assets this year to help Aaron Rodgers and to build the team that we want to go on a run with. Two, if they really want a first-round pick, and let's say we, we, you know, we get past that June 1st mark, and we're like, okay, look, you can have the 2024 first round pick, but you got to eat $20 million of that $60 million bonus that's going to happen because that has to be agreed upon before the trade happens. So that $20 million accelerates to their salary cap this year. That's also why they need to have a little bit of salary cap space to make this happen because I do think that the Packers have to trade him just like you said. And the Jets can kind of sit back. It's really For the Jets, I think it's more so that the start of training camp is when they start feeling a lot more pressure because you want to have the most out of Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about, like, you know, Rodgers maybe not being all in with his receivers last year. And, you know, if you start missing camp, now you're getting into that weird sort of situation where you're like, oh, man, am I, you know, hurting our opportunity at a Super Bowl this year because I want to get him for a cheaper rate. So I think the, the Jets will probably offer their highest package right on the dawn of training camp. And then... You look at Rodgers and you say, okay, you know, does it make sense? What what happens as far as, like, you know, other players or anything like that? Like, Cobb's not going to cost a whole lot. I don't think Cobb gets signed until Rodgers is actually on the roster. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of financial incentive for the, the Packers to wait till that June 1st point to get the dead hit off that contract, which means Douglas is going to get an even better deal because I don't care about giving up the 2024 first-round pick after I've drafted everyone I wanted to draft in the 2023 draft. Realistically, if you have Rodgers for two seasons, the picks you're going to have in 2024 more than likely, I think, are probably not starting. Yeah, and it's going to be late, right? Like, you're, like you can even word it in such a way like, hey, if the Jets get to the AFC Championship game, now you get the first. So it's like, you know, pick 29 and 29 through 32 instead of like, you know, maybe a lower pick if something happens. Like maybe the, the Jets get bounced after the first round or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. The financial aspect that you brought up with the Packers contract. So not only are they paying the $60 million, I've seen a lot of Packers fans, I'm sure you have in your, your comments as well, where they're saying, hey, look, the Packers don't have to trade Aaron Rodgers. They can exercise his option and hold on to him. It's only an extra $15 million more once they exercise the option. Vince, welcome aboard, brother. 
Ah, but um, where was I? What was I just saying? Oh, financially, they can they get that fifteen million dollars. Yeah, it only cost them fifteen million dollars to hold on to him. But then after the season, are they going to hold on to him for a second year for that forty-five million dollars, or are they going to cut him? Because now all that money that they just paid him, that sixty million dollar dead cap, is rushing to the end of this year. If they want to hold him on to another year, well, guess what? Now you're talking a hundred million dollars in dead cap, and you're not going to be able to re-sign Jordan Love because he's going into his—he's got his fourth year this year. So after the season, he'll be going into his fifth year option. So if you were to hold on to Rodgers for the two years that they're kind of like, oh, we can sit on him and we could hold him. Well, guess what? You don't have any money to sign Jordan Love after that fifth-year option. So financially, you're 100% right. The Packers don't want to pay $60 million. It's just a matter of who blinks first and is there any is there going to be any goodwill? Like, do you think the Packers, you know, say, hey, let's just do right by Aaron, and then they they accept less? Like, what do you see the trade ultimately working out to be? Like, let, let's say it's uh, for this draft year. Let, let's say let's, – let's do both. We'll say what, what, what happens – pre-draft or at the draft and what happens maybe post June 1st. I just find it really interesting because we saw reports that the Jets and the Packers touched base at the Super Bowl about this. So they've mm-hmm. been talking like about parameters of a deal for months. And the fact that they still haven't even came to close to an agreement tells me did they get close and then the Packers dug their heels in and just said, "You know what? We're going to actually try to really take advantage of this and uh, mm-hmm. get as much out, out, as you, out of you as we can. I wonder. And I, I would hope that they did right by their Super Bowl winning quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, they might be feeling spited because Rodgers went out there and outed them to the world. Mm-hmm. But that's what you did to him. You turned on him and you didn't, you were not verbally, you were not communicating with him properly. And that turned him the wrong way. And guess what, Jets fans? We're getting an angry Aaron Rodgers. And when Aaron Rodgers gets angry and has something to prove, that's when he plays his best football. So I think from the Packers' standpoint, you would like to believe, and it feels like not even Jets fans are saying this, Ryan. The NFL world mm-hmm. is saying to the point where, like, what are the Packers doing? Like, they're make, they're they're dragging this out. They're being dramatic. And then people are like, oh, business. You can't call business dramatic, blah, 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 blah. But, like, come on. Do the right thing by your quarterback that brought you Super Bowl back in 2010 four-time MVP for the franchise, like just why do you have to make this as complicated as you can? And they're being stubborn. They're being selfish. They want as much assets as possible. So when you talk about a trade package, say hypothetically for this draft year, I think a a second-round pick this year with a conditional next year plus Corey Davis could get it done personally. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think like a second-round pick this year plus a third and a conditional third next year plus Corey Davis – and they throw in like a fifth or something like that um, in 2024, I think that's reasonable. And I don't think that's something – and if you talk to a Packers fan, they want Jermaine Johnson. They want Elijah Moore. They want everyone. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. Is that what's holding this up? Are the Packers asking for players? Because mm-hmm. then I don't blame Douglas for holding this up because we need mm-hmm. – if that's what the asking price is, Ryan, if, if the Packers are like we want either one of Jermaine Johnson, Elijah Moore, one of our young players – if I'm the Jets and that's the only way we're getting Rodgers, you give up more picks if that means we can keep our players because we need as many mm-hmm. players and depth as talent as possible with this team with Rodgers today. We don't need draft picks for the future. We need to go all in. We're going to pay a quarterback a lot of money to come win today. So if that's what's holding this deal up, I would prefer packaging a couple more picks if that means holding on to our own guys. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. I really don't believe Joe Douglas will surrender 
one of his players that he drafted himself. He's going to do draft picks and that only. And Corey Davis, he's gone to the Packers. Yeah, right. Like it's it's those players that you would have cut anyway. So like Corey Davis saves us ten and a half million. Maybe Lawson winds up going over because that saves us fifteen million. Like there, like that's the sort of stuff that I could see happening. I don't see Jermaine Johnson. I don't see Elijah Moore. Like that makes no sense to me. Like if I'm the Jets, I'm saying no. You're gonna get what we're gonna give you, and that's you know that's that. And you wait till you know whatever time. Packers fans have been saying like, yo, Jets don't have any other options. The Jets have three options still. You got Lamar, you got Stafford, and you got Cousins. Stafford, if traded post June first, one and a half million dollars this year, thirty one million dollars next year, and you can cut him after twenty twenty four with no dead cap. Cousins, one year thirty million if you trade for him post June first, and then you can cut him after that. Like. The Jets have multiple options outside of Rodgers. Rodgers is definitely the best one to do. But, like, I don't get where where all these fans are saying, ah, the Jets don't have anything. What, are you going to play Zach Wilson at number two, uh, the, you know, the number two pick as your starting quarterback? Never going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's why when the L word comes into the whole conversation, I think the Jets hold it all. I think I think it's it's almost like a pendulum for me. I think right now... The Jets have leverage because we don't have to make a trade. We don't need him in here until the end of July. So at that point, I'm like, okay, cool. I don't mind waiting. I'll pay a little less later on. Or I'm going to pay in, like, future picks. When you start getting closer to training camp, then the pendulum swings right back towards the Packers, and it's like, okay, Jets got to get their guy in. This is where we're going to hold him over a barrel. But you got to make sure you do it in such a way that we don't say, fuck you, (laughs) and go for another quarterback, which I don't see happening. I do. There's no way I I don't. I don't want yeah. the Jets to turn their focus on another quarterback and rub yes. Rodgers the wrong way. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to retire or something." You know, yeah. like that would be that would be bad. Mm-hmm. I want them to be fully committed. And another thing mm-hmm. about it being pushed back until June or July, Ryan, is that mm-hmm. Rodgers can go to the mountains somewhere with all of our oh, yeah. weapons and practice. Yeah, like they don't there's, have there's to be nothing to it. Yeah, as long as they're not at a jet facility, they can meet up wherever. They're just friends hanging out at that point. They can have yeah. their their training camp. They can get work on their chemistry outside of the Jets training camp. 100%. Exactly. So like if it doesn't happen at the time that we want it to and it's a, it drags on through the summer, that'll be okay as long as it's going to happen and Rodgers gets the boys together and he's getting his chemistry with Garrett Wilson and you know, he's already got that that cohesion with Lazard, which is huge, and he's got Elijah Moore still to develop chemistry with Conklin, who's all the weapons. So I think that that's something to keep in keep in mind. Just because if Rogers is missing, you know, mandatory mini camp, you know, that's okay because they can still go out there and uh, train in the offseason together. Before now, what do you camp. think? Like, let's let's take it to like the nth degree. What happens if they get to like the eve of game one? Are they going to exercise that option and actually pay him, or are they going to like what? Are, what happens at that June first deadline? One? Yeah, because oh. week one is the last date they could possibly hold on to him before exercising that option. So you're saying I think it's that Thursday. I think it's the Thursday happen. of if the, the trade, trade hasn't happen happened by like September. Yeah, He's like I don't know, but I don't. But is he just going to stay on the Packers and they're just going to eat sixty million dollars? I wouldn't. Why would you leave sixty million on the table? I would if I was Rogers. I'd dig my heels in. Yeah, if you're Rogers, you're showing up to the door, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, what are you gonna do?" But from the Jets' standpoint, they're not gonna have Rogers. Like, they're gonna have to pivot because the, we we can't just say, "All right, Rogers, come after week two and not have mm-hmm. any training camp with the team." I feel like that wouldn't work. You know, I I've thought that, and and then I I started spinning the other direction because I was like, you know, he does know the offense already, yeah. and he would know Cobb and Lazard. 
and we would be relying on our running game, and we saw how shitty quarterback play started at the beginning of the season, like, I think the Jets can win with bad quarterback play right now, unfortunately, and I think Rodgers provides, at the very least, average quarterback play without any sort of that knowledge. Be, I don't think it's good. It would be weird, right? Like, because then that, like, picture this. Picture Jets fans at training camp. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, who's Zach Wilson's quarterback one in training camp, but we still know that Rodgers is coming. Like, the the savior is lur- is like lurking over, mm-hmm. like, the, but he's not there yet, but we're anticipating him to come right before the season. Like, that would be the craziest thing, like, in NFL history. Like, that's never happened before. <laughs> well, imagine the Packers situation. Like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and, like, training camp starts, I'm strolling my ass into, into training camp. And they're going to say, oh, yeah. turn right back around. If you get hurt right now, we got to pay you $110 million <laughs> over two years to not take a fucking snap. Like, I don't think there's a, a chance he steps foot on the Packers practice field. They're not going to risk that much money. Yeah, Nuts. there's no way. That's why if you're Rodgers, you show up and say, pay me or trade me. Like, it's either one of those two things. And I'm sure they do not want to pay him. So you just stoop down to the Jets' asking price, which I'm sure is definitely Douglas's price is definitely mm-hmm. good for the Jets, and you take it. That's what's going to happen, man. It's not going to go up mm-hmm. until September. I think the mm-hmm. latest is going to be post-June. That's my prediction. Yeah. That would yeah, be wild I, I, if that reality happened. I never thought of that. I could see a situation where it's closer to training camp. And hear me out. It's going to be like, okay, you know, it's beneficial to the Packers to, for cap purposes. It's beneficial for the Jets because we get to use our, our draft picks this year. It's beneficial for the NFL because now you have news in May, June, July. They can still make the schedule back in May because they're going to assume Rodgers is playing for the New York Jets at this point. I think everyone can read the tea leaves. <coughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> then I think you go into the summer and you lead up to training camp and what better way to kick off hard knocks for the New York Jets than the Hall of Fame, an uh, an Aaron Rodgers, Joe Namath number 12 ceremony, Rodgers comes here. It winds up being like Darrell Revis on hard knocks, you know, 10 years ago. It's 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 almost a freaky mirror image. So I actually have a question. Um, cause he, so you know how like Ezekiel Elliott, for example, they designated mm-hmm. him to be cut for June 1st, but yep. like he's technically cut now and he's a free agent mm-hmm. now, but there's, but he, the cap comes off the books then. How come they can't do that for a trade? Like, um, does that make sense what I'm asking? Yes, 100%. Um, I don't know why. I did ask Dom C that because he's, he's pretty in tune with like that's the kind of specific thing. And he was just like, yeah, no, you can't do that. You could designate two players June 1st cuts, but I guess the trade for whatever reason can't happen. Maybe it's because there's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it can happen, but it just can't include picks prior to that. I, I feel like that's something they should allow to have happen because it would allow for the freedom of like movement for players and teams. And like, it seems like everyone is kind yeah, of like, why is that even a thing? in the positive? Like, what's June first? Like, what's what's so significant about June first? Is it because it's right after the a month after the draft? Like, why is that even in these contracts? Yeah, it's probably like a random date. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's when do OTAs? Well, rookie mini camps in May, right? So, what happens yeah. in June? Is OTAs there anything that happens June. in June? OTAs is June, so that's probably what it is. It's probably like you can figure out who's going to be there. I know the June first cut is beneficial to the player because then they get to sign with a new team. Trade wise, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. It does feel weird because that would that seems like you know just a lot of <laughs> like benefit for the player, the teams involved, and everything. Is there I thought a, you were going to go day? a different. Um, not until training camp, I don't think. 
But yeah, no, yeah, I was about to say. I thought you were going to go a different direction on that with Zeke Elliott. And unfortunately, I don't know how much guaranteed money he was due this year. But like, what do you think about like a Leonard Fournette situation for the Jets bringing in Zeke as running back three or four? Like assuming Brees may not start the season and you just sign him for the vet minimum because he's already getting paid by the fucking Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, the only way you can sell me on Zeke is the vet minimum for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Zeke, the only thing that would get me excited about Zeke is his short yardage ability, goal line scenarios, third and one, third and two, mm -hmm. Bell, like, just go and get us a couple yards. He's definitely lost a step. He's not the explosive power guy. Mm -hmm. You never know. These running backs definitely have some new life, like Leonard Fournette with the Bucks, and um, we're definitely a win-now team. Uh, I don't. I'm on the more on the fence of no to Ezekiel Elliott than yes, but you can mm. definitely sell me on why because we need a veteran running back and the Brees Hall mm. injury scares me. So if it's for a vet minimum, you can definitely tell me for sure. But I just don't know if Zeke has that much left in the tank that you want to give him carries over a Brees Hall mm. over even a Carter or a Bam Knight. That's my issue because it's it's Ezekiel Elliott's a big name, and I feel like mm. now he's more of a big name than a product on the field. Yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't want to pay him, you know, the actual going rate for whatever he should be paid or whatever he was getting paid. But that vet minimum is sort of the interesting piece. Like for me, veterans that are getting cut that want to chase a ring would be willing to take a vet minimum contract to, you know, they're already getting paid by their other team. So like, screw it. That's kind of the, the thought process I had prior to free agency. I was like, there's a really good shot. Matt Ryan could end up on the 49ers. I was like, he's guaranteed $12 million from the Colts, even if he's cut. So like he could sign for, you know, a million bucks with the, with the 49ers and literally just be the, oh no, Brock Purdy and Lance can't start <laughs> kind of quarterback. So it's almost like the same sort of mentality. Yeah, got Sam Darnold over there. Don't sleep on Sam. I love it. I love, I didn't even <laughs> think of Sam Darnold over there. I was thinking Sam was going to go back to his head coach. It, it top bowls down in the, you know, the bucks and everything makes perfect sense for him to go to the 49ers. I love it. I yeah, hope yeah. Sam really does well. I me love too. Sam. I really, me too. I love Sam, and um, I hope that he beats out Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and wins that job and freaking plays goes off. Honestly, always have. A would it be spot like? There. Would it be like a little shot to the gut, like knowing we had him and just like traded him for a second, a fourth, and a sixth? You know what? I, I'm kind of past that to the point where like, it is what it is. I, I don't know. It would be a shot to the gut, but like, it, it's. I love Sam. Like he, Sam deserves it. Like he's just a, such a good dude. You know, like mm. he he was. You know, thrown in a shitty situation in New York, and he didn't live up to the expectations, and he he failed. Um, but the Jets, they they didn't support him properly, and I think we can all agree with that. And I just feel like he deserves a chance to really show what he's got, and he is now in the best possible spot for any quarterback. I mean, Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy looked like a star in that system with those weapons. Imagine what Sam Darnold is going to do. Guess what? Sam Darnold is better than Brock Purdy. I'll stand on that. And I think Sam Darnold is going to look better than Brock Purdy did last year in that offense because we're talking about Shanahan. We're talking about those weapons, that offensive line with Sam Darnold. I think that they can fix it because there's no – Sam's got all the physical traits. It's just the mind. And that was kind of the same issue in a very different scope of Zach Wilson. Mm. Zach Wilson has the physical traits, but he doesn't have the mind to be able to process and make – you know, he made just boneheaded mistake after boneheaded mistake. And for whatever reason, the Jets can't freaking draft the quarterback, which is why we're in the situation of getting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Brambo drops in with a super chat. He says, post June 1st trade for cap relief, in my opinion, makes draft compensation more reasonable for both sides in 2024. Rodgers don't, 
uh, won't do off-season activities. It won't hurt the Jets. So a post-June 1st cut or a post-June 1st trade doesn't even like prohibit or I don't think it would even limit Aaron Rodgers from participating in any off-season activities anyway. Don't all this stuff. I think everything happens for vets after June 1st regardless. Yeah, so he's saying post-June 1st trade cap it relief, in my opinion, that makes draft cut more reasonable on both sides. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole question. Do we want – because that means that we're holding on to the draft picks this year. We have to build through the draft, and then all the 2024 draft picks will be traded. Not all of them, but majority of them. Sign mm-hmm. me up for that. Rodgers don't do off-season activities, won't hurt Jets. You know, you can say that, but I really would – if you're asking me what I'd prefer, best case scenario – is he's there from the get-go at OTAs. Like, that would be the best case, just to kind of like also the feeling of amongst the fan base is, listen, we're all a nervous bunch. I mean, there's still mm-hmm. a bunch of us that are even scared this might happen, might not happen still, which it will happen. But mm-hmm. if it goes that long, like Ryan and I are talking about, this fan base is going to really start getting antsy. Like, really bad, really antsy, Ryan. Like, seeing all these – you know, picks of, uh, you know, practice and Rodgers not trade mm-hmm. here yet. Like, who's our quarterback? Like, there's going to be a buildup amongst this fan base that's going to be loud in Woody Johnson and Douglas's ear to really be like, just get it done. Like, you know, like, and obviously they can't listen to the fans. They got to be smart business mm-hmm. people. But that's that's something to keep in mind. Blitzcrew drops in and says, rather than Zeke would have a gadget wide receiver or running back for returns. Yeah, that's kind of what we don't have because we don't have Jeff Smith anymore. And then if you assume maybe Brees might start on like the four-week IR or something like that, like maybe they don't start him just so he kind of fully is 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 back. Um, now you're relying on Bam and Carter and then, you know, you need another running back behind them. Do you bring back a Ty Johnson? Do you draft an, you know, undrafted free agent kind of guy? Uh, bringing a you know some sort of free agent that's kind of where i was looking at with with zeke potentially especially if you could get him for that vet minimum contract which i don't i don't think anyone's going to pay him a lot of money i just don't know what his last like i don't know what his guaranteed money was to know what he's actually going to get paid this year whether or not he plays at all so i i don't know i i do think we need a running back i think we need a special teams guy and i think it could be anyone from a running back a wide receiver it could be a defensive back I don't think it necessarily has to be a running back or wide receiver. How do you fall on like the, you know, maybe what direction we should go with, you know, either the last wide receiver or the last running back or kick returner in general? Yeah, I think that's the biggest un, like untalked about position that we need. <laughs> like a, the biggest mm-hmm. hole on this roster that no one's talking about is kick return, punt return. Mm-hmm. We just cut Braxton Berrios. He was our guy. And he was an all pro, not last year, but the year before that. So now – where are we going? Um, I think that you can definitely get a, a nice returner in the draft late, whether that's a receiver, running back, corner, doesn't really matter, but someone that can be plugged in as a depth wide receiver, six guy that's strictly special teams, or even a, a you know backup back of running back that's strictly special teams. And I'm sure there's probably guys out there in the free agent market that you can uh, think about as well. But that is definitely a hole that we need to start uh, talking about. I feel like everyone's so focused on a lot of positions besides that, and that's important. Special team is important, and I would like to have a returner that uh, can put this put this team in good situations. And sometimes, how about this? Take it to the house maybe once or twice a year. That'll be good. Oh yeah, I see a few people mentioning Bam Knight in the uh, in the chat, and I love Bam Knight as a kick returner with a healthy Brees Hall. I don't want to risk Bam Knight if Brees Hall is on like you know the short term IR or something like that. Because now we're talking about Bam and Carter, and if you're having Bam return kicks, 
I love me some Michael Carter, but I don't want him as the only running back at that particular point in time. Um, yeah, so Blitzkrieg and, uh, definitely definitely pointed out the special team stuff. Yeah, and uh, um, at training camp last year, I was there. Elijah Moore was catching punt returns. So, you know, he has some practice returning punts, Bam Knight. But, like, I do feel like they should get someone that's more, like, that's their specialty. Mm-hmm. Instead of worrying about someone like Elijah Moore, who we want to be a stud receiver, mm-hmm. also taking on the load of being a returner. You know, it's more, there's it, more to that. You know, Braxy Berrios is that perfect guy just because he was the backup gadget slot kick return, punt return. Like, it, it wasn't like he was a starter as a receiver. Like, you prefer your returners to not be starters. You'd rather them have that, that their dedicated role to be just that. Yeah, I completely agree. Boys and girls, we're going to hop over to the phone lines uh, and we're going to get a few questions. Richie, do I have you? I got you for 10 minutes or how much longer I got you for? Yeah, you got me for a little bit. I'll let you know. All right. We're going to try to blow through some calls. Guys, I'm going to leave the pinned comment in the chat if you want to call into the show. I'll put that little thing above Richie's head over there so you know to to click on it. Uh, And then we will do some call-ins. Remember, you get a three-minute timer after three minutes. That's right. <laughs> you get the chicken. All right. First one up. Oh, I see Charles. How you doing tonight, brother? Hey, Richie. Hey, Ryan. How are you guys doing? Charles, Hanging great member in there. Of, uh, of my channel. <laughs> Good, man. Yeah. Um, uh, just listen, I know you said on your channel that 13 days will be your 25th birthday. I just want to let you know. I wish you luck on your 25th birthday, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Um, Appreciate that. I hope you have a good celebration. Uh, before we get into talk about the Jets, I want to tell you something. What I did for my 25th birthday, Go uh, for my it. best friend, my best friend Colin, who I've been a f- best friend since college, he took me to a Somerset Patriots game for my 25th birthday. Nah, that's kind of cool. I mean, except it says Patriots, and now <laughs> you're a little upset. But uh, yeah, it's not too bad. And then while we were there, they were doing a Comic Con event, and believe it or not, we met a guy that once worked with Stan Lee. Oh, that's pretty cool. And he that's said awesome. Stanley was a great guy, great person, great man, whatever. And he gave mm-hmm. us, I think we still have the paint, the artwork of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he autographed and he gave it to us for free, which was really freaking cool. Anyway, wow. so I hope you think of something for your 25th birthday. I'll be 29 in September. I know I'm an old fart to you, Richie, but trust me, you'll get there eventually. Anyway, some people were pissed off that I'm not talking about the Jets. I said I will talk about the Jets, so calm the fuck down in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got a minute and 45 seconds to start talking about the Jets, otherwise your ass is getting ejected. Yes, sir. Um, I would like the Jets to get uh, Calais Campbell. I think the guy's mm-hmm. a future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a fan of him since his days with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, my dad just got home. Hey, Dad. Um, and, yeah, uh, I like Elias Campbell, too. I th- the nice thing about him, too, he's not going to be overly expensive. He's going to be ring hunting. He uh, Douglas knows Baltimore, so at least he probably has a little bit of inside knowledge into is this guy gassed? Does he still have more in the tank? That sort of thing. And and he does not count against the compensation pick formula, which is kind of nice because he was, uh, I think he was a voided contract or he was released, one or the other. But uh, he played Wolf for the Ravens. Obviously, he had some great years with the Jaguars. He got a couple of double-digit sack seasons for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I mean, him and Quinn and Williams would be nasty, man. 
Just oh, I, hell yeah. I, I, I would love him. I've been a big fan of his game. I love his personality. Um, well, we need the run-stuffing defensive tackle, too. Well, that's true, but I also like the signing of um, Solomon Thomas. I think he'll be good, too. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's all I can really think of at this moment. Oh, yeah, and uh, hopefully Aaron Rodgers gets traded to us before uh, we have great-grandchildren, before the Ooh. end of September. What do you think the compensation is going to end up being, Charles? I hope – I damn hope so. It's on a first-round pick for this year. Maybe next year's first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick or a third-round pick. No shot. Charles, you've been ejected. Where is it? Come on. Chicken. (laughs) I do want to to say I want Calais Campbell so freaking Mm -hmm. bad. I made a whole video on it on my channel. I'm a big Calais Campbell guy. Yes, yes, yes. Him next to freaking Quinton Williams? Bruh. Monster. We have a huge hole next to – Quinnen, and it's scaring me. Like we don't have a starting oh, yeah. defensive tackle, and Calais Campbell yeah. and, and Ryan, you you talked about this earlier in the stream about a, a mm-hmm. like like Zeke. I think we're mm-hmm. becoming the team that veterans are going to want to come mm-hmm. play for for an all in season. What think of that, guys? The New York Jets are now a team that veterans like a Calais Campbell, who's at the back end of his career, is going to want to come. Dare I say it? Ring chase. What? Yeah, true. <laughs> Dane drops in. He says, uh, FM and Jets Forever are actually Green Bean just driving engagement for us. Uh, I That would be amazing. Green Bean, if that is you behind the FM and uh, Jets Forever, <laughs> it's very impressive that you could talk sports and have that uh, you know level of angst in the chat. Uh, all right, let's hop over to Lima Bean. Lima, how are you doing tonight, brother? Oh shit! Sorry, launching chickens across the screen. <laughs> already, already with the chicken. That was a premature ejaculation. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I I want to talk about uh, like how everything's reflecting like on TV about this trade package because it seems like mm. a simple thing. At some point, sooner or later, Aaron Rodgers is going to come here, and it mm. just seems more like a when, not an if. But like I just, it's very fascinating to see the discourse of how it changed. Like before we even got Aaron Rodgers coming here. The media is killing mm. us on, oh, we have no quarterback. Oh, we're going to get Derek Carr, but how far that's going to go. Then we get Aaron mm. Rodgers. The next thing you know, it's like, I don't know if you saw like first take or like the other shows that's around. Like they're like, we got to give them two first round picks. It's like they're trying to drive up our price to like screw us over somehow, some way. And then keep mm-hmm. it like, oh, you know, Rich Samini's like talking about, oh, it's going to take a long time. Who knows when? Oh, we, like he's trying to, the fear factor's coming up. Like, uh, and then on top of that, like everyone knew Aaron Rodgers was a bit of a diva here and there, but like it was kind of like mm-hmm. mentioned. Well, now that's taken a skyrocketing up. Like you see Skip Bayless like going ape shit on him. You see Callum Coward like destroying his career. It's like as soon as he touches the Jets, all of a sudden this stuff happens. Like I guarantee you, if he was going to the Patriots, they'd be like, oh, it's tremendous. It's going to be great. Blah blah blah. But like next thing you know, for us, we got to give him two first round draft picks, and apparently he's worse than Hitler. So I don't know what's going on, but like it's just. I'm not one to hate media because, you know, every, like I get my information from that. Like, you know, you guys are technically media mm-hmm. too. It's, it's, but it's just, it's just funny to see like how we're getting destroyed on this, like on all sets, like this is a big deal. This is a good thing. We're doing something right. Like, <laughs> and everyone makes it sound like, Oh, we can't, we're still screwing up. Like, you know, so, so I don't know. F- 
I'm curious to see how Richie feels about this because I really feel strongly that the media is slanting everything the negative direction because of the way Rodgers broke the news. It was broken on a YouTube show. It was not broken with major media. They spurned Rappaport and Schefter. I think it's almost like firing back at everything. Richie, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. I also think a lot of it has to do with this is the biggest story in the NFL. It has been for the last couple of weeks, and it's the leading story. It's the number one story amongst any type of show that talks about the NFL. And I think they're running out of things to talk about from it. So now they're just turning it on the Jets, like in a way where they got to spin it. And like, oh, well, the Jets are desperate. They got Zach Wilson. They need Aaron Rodgers. Like the national media doesn't know what they are talking about, about this New York Jets mm. team. Like if you want to hear what the, from the Jets fans perspective, we don't know like everything they're saying to the world is not how we feel as fans and us as fans mm. luckily we know that that that's not how we're not represented by those people but from an like a non-biased jets fan like a non-jets fans hearing that they're making it seem like we are this desperate team that just needs him and we're doing all in and we're being incompetent which is just absolutely false but i think to finish it off jets fans were used to being crapped on and shit on by the nfl media our entire lives yeah, it's, it's why we another, started this channel. <laughs> it's why we started our YouTube channels. We're so pissed <laughs> off about it. I love it. Lima Bean, thank you so much. You have been ejected thank from the, the cockpit. Ah, oh, so good. All right, we got Pappy. Pappy, how you doing tonight? Hey, man. I actually have a great way how to make the Packers give us what we want. Ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Let's hear. I know he's going to say. It has nothing... It has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. It has okay. to do with Lamar Jackson. Oh. Ooh, like the Jets start sniffing around? No, no, no. We hmm. literally throw the chessboard at the NFL. You How so? Give them an out, you give them an outrageous amount of a contract. And... <laughs> Just but five hundred million dollars, ten years. We got you, Mahomes contract. It Do it. It would. It would well, because I don't it know why teams aren't structuring over. it the same way as Mahomes, right? Like Mahomes has his guaranteed money kicks in. Like if he plays twenty twenty three, he takes a snap. His twenty twenty four is fully guaranteed. Like that's the kind of contract that I think most people would do because you're not putting all that money into escrow right away. But but you guys understand what I'm saying? Like we could just say, you know. If you don't want to give us what we want for the price that we want, you know, we can just mm -hmm. launch a nuclear bomb on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think – I don't get the feeling for a few reasons that the Jets are going to be in on Lamar. And it's super frustrating because I would love if the Rodgers thing doesn't work out to, like, at least have the thought maybe he could be on our team. But, like, Douglas coming from Baltimore doesn't strike me as someone that wants to pick up right. what Baltimore does not want to pay. Like, that to me is the biggest thing. And then the secondary thing is, like – I think there is something a little bit to the collusion aspect where like the owners are pissed off about the Watson contract and they don't want those small er market teams that have been, you know, uh, a little, you know, maybe slow to offer up the big contracts. Guys like Burrow in Cincinnati, guys like Herbert uh, for the Chargers, two teams that were notoriously cheap in terms of contracts. So I, I think some of it is going that direction because those guys are should absolutely look for fully guaranteed deals if Lamar can get one. Yeah, the the, the thing is though is is that's the exact reason. Like you would go into the like Woody Johnson would be the one that does this, and he just mm -hmm. goes in and says, 
I'm going to hold you all hostage unless you give me what I want. <laughs> yeah, he, go, he goes into the negotiation table and he's like, hey, guys, $300 million fully guaranteed for an injury-prone quarterback. NFL, let's make this happen with Rodgers or this is about to happen. And Herbert and, and uh, you know, all those other quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts going to get monster contracts and everyone's going to have a, you know, a let's bitch really fit. really reset the quarterback market. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. That's what I'm that saying. That sound good to me. No, that, that scares the shit out of me. I just... I want Rodgers. Get out of here, Pappy. I love you. But you've been ejected from the cockpit. I love the mid-sentence or, like, the the mid-thought process eject. It's, uh, there's there's a power. I got to get that, man. It it, it takes a lot Uh, for me to kick my uh, call-ins out of my show, too. Dude, you could do, what you could do is you could do Shadow Realm or something like that, I I think is what Asman calls it. I think he does that with a band, but you could do it where, like, you hide the caller. (laughs) Sorry, boom, you're out of here. I love it. Uh, Rad, we're going to get to you in just a second. Craig, I'm going to hop over to you real fast. Uh, He says, good day from Australia. I got to read that upside down now. Uh, Since we're about 14 hours ahead of you, I'll get the scoop when Rogers signs. Awesome content. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Craig. Always, always appreciated. Thank you, Craig. Um, all right, we got Rad from Minnesota. Oh, this is going to be interesting. I wonder if this is a Jet fan or a Packers fan. Rad, how you doing tonight? Jets fan here, man, not Packers. Boo! That's what I like. How how are you feeling out in Minnesota? What's going on? What's the word out that way? Not a huge fan of Lazard. Watched a lot of Packers games, to be honest with you. Not a big fan mm. there. But okay. really wanted to touch on a quick thing here. And Connor Hughes have said this. Other guys have said this, that mm. the media is the same everywhere else. This is unequivocally mm. not true. Like, mm-hmm. if this process shows you anything, it's that Green Bay media are basically mm-hmm. paid spokespeople for the team, more mm-hmm. or less. And my concern is if this thing doesn't get done, it's because mm-hmm. of the ineptitude of their GM, their front office, and then the media mm-hmm. there just backing up the GM in the front office. Like, if mm-hmm. you look at this GM, they've had terrible drafts, terrible trades, mm-hmm. haven't backed up their, their quarterback with weapons. And mm-hmm. really, I'm concerned that this is going to go down just because of bad um, – ineptitude over there and as well as mm. their own media supporting that ineptitude isn't it true that they yeah. don't like have an owner Did i read that somewhere? yeah they have like a board right they have a president so you can buy shares mm. of the team so you can become mm-hmm. a shareholder of the packers and then you can vote on the president of the team we should we should all jet fans <laughs> every super chat gets donated yeah. <laughs> to buy a portion of the packers we're trading rogers for fifth round picks boys that's what's happening <laughs> But what do you think of that? Like, I think it's an honest concern that, like, mm-hmm. their GM and the president are kind of fucking crazy. Excuse my language. I, and the media I, supports I, well, Yeah, well, I never thought of it that way. So I've always thought that the media was not as aggressive in other areas, which is definitely true. But, like, it, it never occurred to me that there's, like, you know, bought and paid for media outlets to speak for the team. I mean, it definitely happens here in New York. You see certain, like, you know, maybe favorable takes, less critical opinions in, in certain things, but... We have so much media that it kind of it it's hard to really encompass all of us. But in Green Bay, you may have like four reporters and a cow or something like that. Like <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you can figure it all out. You just pay a off lot everyone. Of the fans out here, there's a lot of Green Bay fans. A lot of them think they're getting the first rounder this year, mm-hmm. and then a uh, second rounder with a condition of being a first of its playoffs, and then another second mm-hmm. rounder of the year before after that. Excuse me, and then Corey Davis. That's what's been floated around out here by a lot crazy. of crazy. That's that's Dude, not like crap. these crazy Packers fans that are homers. That's a lot of fans. 
So what do you think? When do you think this trade happens based on what you're hearing out there? You think it happens before this draft? If it doesn't happen before the draft, I think this thing is going to drag into the preseason into like week one. Yeah, I think it's I think we're going into training camp. I don't know if it's going to drag into training camp, maybe like the first week of training camp. But I think there's dude, the NFL wants it. Dude, it you got news draft, for three months. We're in, we're in big trouble because they have no they have no reason to trade him after, like after that, right? Like they can drag well, him to September. They can drag it all the way to week one, and then they have to make the decision: Hey, do we cripple our salary cap for Jordan Love? Like, and we may not be able to re-sign Jordan Love at that point. If you wind up, you know, keeping Aaron Rodgers, maybe at that point they say, "Hey, we got to trade Jordan Love, and we just got to roll with Rodgers." At that point, that, I mean, that's and one that last seems question really you, silly. Before I let you go. If yeah, yeah. it does drag into that, do we give up multiple first-round picks or do we give up more than we're willing to to have this guy come mm. in in August as opposed to bringing him in week one without any mm-hmm. uh, time to build chemistry, right? I think the highest pick value at that point will be just before or maybe a few days into training camp where the Jets are going to panic a little bit. And I think the 2024 pick will go from like, hey, eat some contract and get the 2024 first-rounder to like, okay, fine, We'll give you the 2024 first rounder. And then maybe it's not a third round conditional pick based on play. Maybe it's like, hey, it's a second round conditional pick coming up on play. And like, that's where I think the Jets could get a little, you know, squirrely. So if you can get it done in June without having to, you know, give up too much, that's what I would prefer. I don't want it to get to that, that like critical hour because it's going to, going to cost us, I think. Richie, how do you feel about like that timeline? Oh my God. I don't know about you, but hearing that, like, no, thank you. I do not want <laughs> this to go into September, potentially, through training camp. That just doesn't sit with me right. Uh, mm. I'm hopeful that if if the latest is, like, June 2nd, you know, like, maybe that's just me being a little hopeful here. But I think that would be not good if this if we're in training camp and Rodgers is not a Jet. I don't think that would be a good, a good thing for this organization for the season. I just don't. So do you give up more Brett. picks to get him in? Boom! Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> you ask <Yeah>. your questions. <laughs> so let, let, I want to hear what you have to say about that. You either way, it is a good question. So do you think we give up more picks? picks? Oh my god! Wow, what a what a job Joe Douglas has, bro. Um, holy crap! What honestly, it depends. Are we talking about an extra first or an extra fourth? Like you know, like what's what's mm-hmm. What's the extra? What's the extra picks we're talking about? You know, if it's another like day three pick, and two years from now, yeah, you throw it in. You know, like let's just get this deal done. Let's let's mm. uh, start selling this the jerseys. Let's start getting this this fan base riled up. Let's start getting the the team around this quarterback so he doesn't show up and then he's your in, you don't know him. Like the the, the the chemistry is a lot to me. Chemistry means a lot to me, and I think that if we wait. And it was something that we're, we are waiting. That'll be the Packers mm. being just absolute assholes at that point. If we have to wait <laughs> all the way up until then, that means Rodgers is coming through. He walks through the door, and like all the all the Jets players be like, "Hi, I'm DJ Reed. Hi, I'm, nice to meet you." Like, like right when the season starts, like no, we need to get that chemistry. Not to mention the financial side of this. We want to sell tickets. We want to sell jerseys. Yeah, and you get Rodgers in here, not even just like the, the ticket sales for this year or the marketing power for this year. If you could get very successful play out of Aaron Rodgers for a year or two, 
The last time the Jets had an influx of young Jet fans was 2009, 2010, when the Jets had some, you know, some smoke to their fire. And then, you know, we watched the, the friggin' Giants have two Super Bowls from like 2008 and 2012. And you're seeing all these young fans join the, the hot team at the time. The Jets have stung for 10 years. We haven't had an influx of new young fans unless it's like, you know, some of you young guns in there with dads that are Jet fans like, you know, probably us <laughs> that got roped in at a young age. Uh Richie, can I get you for two more calls? I got yeah, Tanya got and I got Carson on the line. All right, so Michael, Jet Strong, and Timothy. I'll get to your Super Chats in just a second. I want to get these two callers in here while I have Richie. Uh, all right, Tanya dropping in. Hey. Tanya, how are you doing tonight? Awesome. How are you guys? Hey, Tanya. Good, good, good. What's on your mind? So where's our, where's our boy um, chilling these days? What's he up to? Chilling like our uh are you talking about Rogers? Mm, yeah. I think he's probably doing some ayahuasca somewhere <laughs> in the fucking mountains right now. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's meditating nice. somewhere. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's um his home base though, he's he doesn't live near Green Bay, like the Packers. No, he's he's a California guy. Yeah. He went to Cal uh yeah. you know, out there, yeah. and okay. I think he's he was saying he works out. Well, Lazard was saying he works out in the same place as Aaron Rodgers out in LA. Right, right. So yeah, starting his training there. Then okay. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. I feel like we could get all our players in there with Rodgers because they're just meeting outside of team activities. There's no reason that you have to like. Uh, I don't know. Do you think there's a an urgency for the Jets to make this trade happen before? Like June, or do you think there's more of an urgency for the Packers to make this happen? The Packers. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think at least right now. I think it does probably swing a little bit the other way. I mean, there's probably a little more pressure for the Packers to actually get it done yeah. if the Jets really say like, "Yo, we're out." <laughs> then they panic. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta I, make gotta make them sweat a little bit, right? Yeah, I would love to mm -hmm. use every one of our picks this year to be able to to surround Rodgers. And then build the mm -hmm. team and then figure out, you know, after the draft, what happens. Maybe it's even after, like, the first round. Like, maybe we make pick 13 and they're like, okay, fine, we'll take the second round pick this year. They just panic. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Jets have uh, leverage. Ooh, use the L word. <laughs> the chat was going nuts before. They're like, I, I hate that L word. I saw Joe Blewett on Twitter. He's just like, I hate this L word. I was like, well, I'm about to use it in a thumbnail, so sorry. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's good. What do you think it's the trade ultimately ends up being? Do you think the Jets have to give up the 2023 first? Oh. Mm. Tanya, you still there? No. Oh, I got yeah, you. Yeah, I'm okay. here. Cool. I'm here. Cool, cool. No, I no, just I it froze on my so. side. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. I don't think we have to. I agree. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason. Like, why? Like, we're you know, bidding power. against ourselves, right? The only way this happens where the Jets have to offer more is if another team comes in that wants to trade for Rodgers and Rodgers wants to go there. It's not just another team coming in. It can't be like Washington and then like Rodgers is just like, screw that. I don't want to go to Washington. Like, Washington's not trading for him then. No. It doesn't matter. Like, Rodgers has to want to play there for them to have more leverage. No, he's. Uh... He's, I think he's pretty happy where he's at, and uh, I think the team's pretty golden right now. 
I don't think they have anything to panic about. I don't think there's a rush for anything. I love it. Tanya, three minutes is up. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Ah, we got Carson joining the line. Carson, how you doing tonight, brother? What's going on, Ryan? What's going on, Richie? What's up, bro? Hang hey, in listen, there. listen. I'm. A, I, I love. I love our Jets fans. But uh-huh. I, some of these, some of these, some of these past calls got me scratching my head. I, I got you know. But uh, listen, listen, listen. I was DMing you the other day about um mm-hmm. uh, about Jordan Whitehead and uh, mm-hmm. CJ Gardner Johnson. Seeing seeing yep. CJ go to the Lions for eight million dollars is kind of yeah. You know, you know. Let me tell you something. That's especially mm-hmm. as an Eagles guy being Joe Douglas. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. I guess I had injury concerns with CJ because he's only been on the field twelve games the last or no 12, 24 games the last two years. So he's missed like eight well, games over the last two years. He, so I, I he also was that, on the but, Saints. I think practice squad or something at one point. He was on the yeah. Saints at one point. So he knew Aaron Glenn and. Uh, yeah. Dan Campbell and those guys. So there was a little bit of connection. Like the, the $8 million that I saw him go for, I thought he was going to get more. I was I very surprised considering seven. What was that? I thought I think he's gonna, I thought he was going to get 12. He deserves 12 oh, yeah. at least. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was going to be even higher than that, honestly. I thought he yeah. played that well. Um, yeah. So to get eight and to know we could have cut Whitehead for seven, 7.25. Yeah. Richie, yeah. how do you feel about uh, Gardner Johnson, you know, going for the one year eight to Detroit? Yeah, definitely a cheaper contract than we all expected. Um, but I'll say this, and I could be the minority here, but I wasn't. I'm not shocked that the Jets didn't do that. I just don't see. I don't think. I think the fan base wants the safeties and splurge in the safeties, but the organization and Douglas, they don't look at that position as a a need that they want to spend big on. Not saying that eight million is a lot, but I think they're using their assets for the trenches and for mm-hmm. positions in their eyes that they think is more. Uh, priority over the safety position because you look at the safety room last year that a lot of people hated well we were top five defense with those safeties so I just feel like this defense can play really good football with not the best safety. I don't know if that makes sense but I just think the Jets are kind of they, they like to really pivot their focus on other positions and See, I never really thought them to like upgrade it in that way I, well, I, I think they're to, definitely going money yeah. ball right like I, like I told Carson the other night I was like I think they're gonna go with the draft like to me they're holding on yeah, to Whitehead exactly. till training camp so that way it doesn't perceive that there's Chuck an Clark. opening. Like they, yeah. they got a new I, I agree. Sure. I agree. But I agree to disagree with you, Richie, just because we're mm-hmm. paying Whitehead more than what CJ got. That's the problem. Yeah. His cap it is 10.2. But so I don't think Whitehead's going to be here. That's the issue. Like, I, I think like Gardner Johnson getting $8 million doesn't necessarily reflect what the Jets feel like at the safety position. If they think they could get Jordan Battle or like Antonio Johnson in a trade down or, or whatever, someone in the draft on a four yeah. or five year rookie contract for fractions of what Gardner yeah. Johnson and Whitehead are getting, I think that's the way they're going to kind of lean. Now, Two think two things, and then you mm-hmm. can chicken me out of here. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, I want to resign. I, I want to resign Quan. Uh, I saw something the other day how he was one of the one of the I think he was the fourth best outside linebacker per PFF while he was on the field mm-hmm. um, last Ooh. year. I think Quan for one year six million dollars was such. A, no, we signed him for what one year one last year, one year two. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's going to get probably a pay raise yeah. for one year five. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to get your thoughts on on Kwan coming back. And the second thing mm-hmm. is, do you think the reason why Joe let Sheldon Rankins go, which one for 10.5, I think what, that's what mm-hmm. Rankins got. I think that's outrageous, yeah. number one. But mm-hmm. uh, do you think he identified possibly a defensive tackle in the draft at 13 that he's not splurging on like a, a guy like Calais Campbell or he didn't kick the tires on Fletcher Cox? Um, I don't think so. I think there's definitely uh, – I think as far as defensive tackle goes – 
I mean, if there's one they like at 13, maybe. I don't think you you don't sign Kalias Campbell because of anyone you're going to draft. Like, if I'm bringing in Kalias Campbell, it's because I want my draft picks to not have to start right away, and that's kind of where we've gotten to. Like, you, you, ha- you saw Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens last year didn't have to start on the offensive line. They got some, some good reps. They learned behind some veterans, and now all of a sudden they're going to come in and be starters this year. Um, I think that's almost the same way they could look at Kalias Campbell. As far as Rankins getting, you know, $10.5 million, I'm glad ridiculous. the Jets... Yeah, that well, I would ridiculous. say it's ridiculous. I, I think 8 to 10 was probably right for him, but I think the Jets don't need to pay that because we just need the run-stuffing defensive tackle, and I'm fine with paying $3, 4000000 million a year for Kalias Campbell right. for the year or two, even at his age. And, you know, I'm glad Rankins went and got that way. I would I love Quan. to bring back Quan. I saw a tweet today. Yeah. I think it was from Samini, like current Jets that are still on the market, Connor McGovern, Quan Alexander. Those are two guys that I'm kind of no, keeping McGovern's a closer gone. look on. McGovern's gone. He signed. Did that happen today? Signed, no, he signed a week, like a couple days ago already. He was he signed no. three or four years. Yeah. That's the yeah. guard. That's, oh, that's the, it was guard. the guard. Was it the guard? Oh, okay, my bad. It that's was, my yeah. They, 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 first they said he went to like the Bills. Then there was some tweet saying he went to the Lions, which got fans confused because there's two Connor McGoverns my fault, my and fault. both tweets going to different teams. But yeah, no, he's still out there. So our center's yeah. still out there and our, our former outside linebacker. I, I prefer Quan back maybe more than McGovern, but McGovern on like a one-year contract isn't, isn't crazy. He's at least available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, boys. Have a nice Peace night. Yeah, man. Appreciate the call. Carson, you. you have been ejected You're from the cockpit. Yeah, I, I'm all in. Quan Alexander, 100% mm. bring him in. Defensive tackle, uh, Calais Campbell, yes. And I would not be shocked if they drafted a defensive tackle early. Not saying 13, but second round because, like mm. you said, Ryan, we traded up for Jermaine Johnson, and he wasn't even a starter. But don't get it twisted. If you're not a starter on this defensive line, it doesn't mean you're mm. not playing. You're playing. Mm-hmm. You're part of the rotation. This is a nine to ten deep defensive line rotation, and right now we're thin. We got Quinnen Williams, Solomon Thomas, and Tanzel Smart on that interior defensive line. I know you can include John Franklin Myers, but the Jets like to use him at both D end and D tackle, so we don't really have anybody. One guy I'm really upset that's still not a Jet is Jonathan Marshall because I feel like his Ooh. his time would be now, but unfortunately mm-hmm. the Steelers snagged him Steelers. off our practice squad. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would not be shocked. I'm hopeful that we draft. A D tackle early, maybe not mm-hmm. round one, but like day two, um, and then we sign Calais Campbell now, and then we have Quinnen Calais, a rookie, Solomon Thomas, Tanzel Smart, and we round out that position because we need to really beef that up. I love it, boys and girls. I got Richie from Jets Media here with us. Richie, I know I gotta let you go. Talk to me. Tell me what you got going on. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Jets Media, on Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, on YouTube. I go live daily. I make content daily, and uh, I do very fun stuff. We talk about the Jets. We talk about a lot of awesome things. Also, I represent the New York Jets on the AFC East Roundtable. If you guys want to head over there, it's a lot of fun, a lot of debates, because this chat is civil amongst Jets fans. We get the little disagree, oh, I want this player, oh, I don't want this player. But you want to talk about a chat that literally rips each other apart. It's the AFC East Roundtable. You got Dolphins, Bills, Patriots, and Jets fans all in one chat ripping each other to the shreds while I'm live with three other guys representing the Dolphins, Bills, and Patriots ripping each other the threads. And Ryan is a part of that as well. Whenever I can't go up, he's the next man up. Mm-hmm. So Ryan will be featured on there as well. So check out the AFC's Roundtable. It's a lot of fun. But Ryan, thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, last week was supposed to be my, my time here, but then we're both agreed. Rogers is coming. We can't do that. But yep. unfortunately, a week later, he's still not here, Ryan. And now we're talking about him in September. 
Oh my God. It's going to be a long, long, long off season, but I do want to say Ryan, thank you so much for having me on. You're absolutely killing the YouTube game. Shout out to all the people in the chat right now that show my man, Ryan support. You guys are killing his channel. All the support on his channel means a lot to him. And, uh, you guys are the reason why we get to do what we get to do. So thank you all. I love you all. And let's freaking go Jets, baby. Woo! I love it. Boys and girls, Richie's channel is going to be linked down below in the description. Make sure you click subscribe on that channel. If you like all the graphics and shit I got going on over here, Richie's got the same stuff going on over there. This guy knows his stuff. Definitely check out the AFC East Roundtable. It is a blast. It is a lot of fun with those guys. Richie, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to have you on the draft stream. Let's go. Yeah, Richie. You know what time it is. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Ah, Richie, boys and girls. What a guy. What a guy. We like that guy, Richie. Uh, Dylan, Dylan, and Jake, I got you guys in the uh, the next up on the queue. I just want to head over to some Super Chats, and then I'll get over to your calls in just a second. Michael Gomez, or sorry, Michael Gonzalez, drops in, says, SpongeBob SquarePants is the Packers president. I love it. Does he live in a pineapple under the sea, or is it a cheese wedge under the sea? You know, actually, I got myself a little cheese head. I was like, you know what? I got to get a cheese head, which, oddly enough, I did not realize they use this for, like, dipping. They put a bowl in the middle with chips and, like, sauces around the other side, and they put it like that, and that's their, like, table thing. That's crazy to me. But... I got this cheese head. I'm debating a few different things I could do with it. I could either spray paint it green. I could put jet logos on the side. Or this is this is the one I really think is, is the winner. I could turn it into a New York slice of pizza with some pepperoni <laughs> slices on top. You guys are gonna have to let me know how I should play with the sauce, uh, not sauce, but the, the cheese head and how I wanna do that. Uh, jet Strong comes in. Jet Strong says Green Bay must have reneged the original agreement that set up the Jets brass meeting, tarnishing Green Bay's reputation around the league uh, with, uh, hold on, let me see if I can find another, with, you're leaving me on the edge of my seat. What's the other comment? Uh, I don't think there is another one. I didn't see one down there. Um, but yeah, so are the are the Packers shooting themselves in the foot as far as, um, oh, you guys want me to pull it? <laughs> <laughs> all right, give me just a second. Let me make a poll question real fast. Uh, all right, so when does this trade happen? 74% of you say the uh, before the draft. Uh, there's a portion of you guys saying, you know, post-June 1st, but then no one's saying by training camp. Everyone's like really, really low on that. Okay, all right. Let me let me make the, the cheesehead poll question. Then we're going to get some more Super Chats here. I got Timothy and Peter up next. What should I do with the Cheese. All right. Spray paint green. All right. Sorry. All right. We're going to do New York City pizza slice, and I'm going to do, uh, you'll do, you guys can comment. I would call it the New York City cheese pizza <laughs> and cheese head, cheese pizza head. Um, and then we're going to say, you know, we're going to say other, and then we're going to say comment down below. 
If you guys see someone with a comment that has a really good uh, idea, if you guys could copy it and paste it and then you guys comment, then I'll see it on the, the live chat. I think that would be kind of fun. Uh, all right, Timothy Lee. Uh, but Jet Strong, I agree. I think there's a little bit of like Green Bay players wanting to go to Green Bay. Maybe a little uh, not so not so keen on it based on how they're treating their player right now. Um, Timothy drops him a super chat, says, would a good backup quarterback increase the leverage? Minshew would have been ideal. No, Minshew signed for like nothing. There's no part of me that feels like bringing in a backup quarterback would have pushed the Packers any harder. Like Aaron Rodgers is the golden goose. That's the one we want. If you want to try and make the Packers panic, you start leaking information post-June 1st and say, the Jets are talking to the Rams. But you got to get it to Aaron Rodgers and just say like, hey, look, we're not actually like trading for him. We're trying to get the Packers to pull the trigger on this. And like, if the Packers are left holding the bag of shit at the end of this, there's no way they're going to pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million fully guaranteed. So we'll have to uh, see where that kind of goes. But I don't I don't think Minshew would have necessarily helped us in as far as negotiations. I think you have to be talking about another, you know, franchise or like bigger quarterback that could win you a Super Bowl. Peter drops in. Peter says, what's fair trade value for Aaron Rodgers? I say a 2023 second rounder, a conditional 2024 pick. I, I completely agree. So he says first round pick for Super Bowl, second round pick for playoffs. Anything else is a fourth round pick. I would even go as far as everything else is a third round pick. A second rounder this year with a floor of a third round pick in 2024 is totally fine for me to get Aaron Rodgers. I do not have any issues with that whatsoever. I think the Packers shouldn't have any problem with that. If they want to, like, if they're dead set on getting the first, fine. We'll wait till after the draft. Or you wind up pulling the trade that the Falcons wound up doing when they wanted John Abraham. They didn't want to give up their earlier pick in the draft. They wound up trading down. Maybe the Jets trade down into the mid-20s, the late, you know, late 20s or early 30s. And they say, okay, Packers, here's your first round pick, number 31. But we've also picked up an extra second and a third, and we're going to fill out safety, linebacker, center, guard, all these other positions. So I agree. I think 2023 second rounder, conditional 2024, uh, conditional 2024 pick makes all the sense in the world. Peter, it's a good comment. Uh, all right, we got Dylan joining the show. Dylan, how are you doing tonight, brother? How you doing, Dylan? Let me see if I can hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? La, 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 I can hear you. Can you hear me? I'm not sure why I can't hear you. I can see you talking. I've been muted in the uh, mm. thing here. Let me see what's going on. So, the, you can't hear me, so I can't even talk to you. <laughs> um. All right. You muted yourself. Let's see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure it out. All right. So, I'm getting the feedback um, right, from myself through your phone. So you can, if you turn off the stream on YouTube, if you can hear me, I don't know if you can hear me. If you turn off the stream on YouTube, you'll be able to video chat with me and then you'll have to go back to the stream after, but you'll be able to hear me through like the non-YouTube side of things. All right, I'm going to put you in the green room for just a second while you figure that out. And then uh, I'm going to go to Jake. Jake, how you doing tonight, brother? Jake, can you hear me? How you doing, brother? Uh, dude, your microphone is having problems. 
my microphone's having problems. Oh, damn. Microphone, can you hear, uh, or chat, can you hear me? Is my microphone having problems right now as far as, like, the normal video goes? Because maybe I can't do calls in tonight. Um, I'm so you can't hear me, I'm on your other YouTube channel. I can't go through the green room. Really? Can't go through the green room. Okay, let hold on. I'm going to boot you guys real quick. Join Jake, join back in after yeah. that. Uh, booting everyone. So everyone that was just in, Mikey D, I saw you in there. Jake, I saw you in there. All right, so the chat can hear me loud and clear. All right, so it's something with the app I'm using. Something's, something's going a little squirrely. Let's see what happens. bum bum a bum Maybe I won't have to. Maybe I won't be able to do Collins for the rest of the show. That would suck. I like doing the Collins. I wonder if I. Hmm, let me try this. I'm gonna do a little turn off interview. Uh, let's try this. All right, Dylan, can you hear me? Let's try this. Dylan, are you able to All hear right. me? I can hear you through the the feed. Um, I just muted it now, so I don't want you to obviously hear some can, audio bleeding across sure. there. But for some reason, I'm not sure the AirPods you are can't connected hear. here uh, ah. on my end, so I'm not sure what's going on. Um, I tried just feeding it through the phone. but Interesting. Um, it's got to be yeah, something I'm sure that I'm doing over here. My end or your end. All right, let me mute you for just a second, and I'm going to try and go to Jake, and I'm going to see how that goes, because maybe I might just have to, like, call it quits for the the call-ins for tonight. Jake, can you hear me at all through the chat or through our, our communication at all? Probably not, based on that reaction. <laughs> nope. Nothing. All right. I'm sorry, boys and girls. I'm going to I'm gonna end the calls. For some reason, something's acting up on this side. So, Jake and uh, Dylan, I apologize. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to end the calls for tonight, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk in the comments. We're going to talk in the comments and we're going to have some discussion for the next half hour. Uh, oh man, that really sucks. Ah, look, there's Richie. Look at that Richie guy. I probably haven't moved my chat in a little bit. If you guys haven't subbed up Richie, make sure you go sub up Richie. Pierre says, call a tech. Ah, I'm usually pretty good at this. I don't know what happened. Sometimes this software is not like the best. Which is a little irritating because it's it's not not cheap. <laughs> Kevin Chatta says the Packers are sabotaging your show. Damn cheeseheads. You guys got going on in the chat. Ooh, it's a pretty dead even chat. Spray paint it green is 31%. 80s, 90s jet logo on the side is 22%. New York City slice of pizza is 35% leading the way right now. We got 119 votes. We got 400, over 400 people in here. Come on. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. <laughs> oh, man. Dakota J says, Knicks are really looking awesome last two seasons or so. Three seasons now. They're trending in the right direction. I need to get more involved in some of the other sports. I get I put so much effort into like the football side of things. I don't watch as, <laughs> as much of the basketball, baseball, flip, uh, basketball, baseball, um, Basketball, baseball, what am I missing? Basketball, baseball, hockey. <laughs> I'm a Rangers fan, but man, it doesn't, uh, uh, I wish I, I, I need to focus more on it. That's really what it is. 
Matthew says, yeah, sure, blame the software. I, well, I mean, I use this all the time, so it's got, <laughs> I'm hoping it's the software. We'll see. Uh, see, Zach says the same thing. It's not a software issue, it's a user issue. You know what we call that? I call that a an ID10T error. You guys can let me know if, <laughs> if you can figure it out. ID10T error. Duncan says, but liquor, our prices have never been lower. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I love it. Uh, Chuck says, Ryan, I'm really concerned about defensive tackle and linebacker. Um, linebacker, I'm less so because I know we have CJ Mosley under contract. I know we have Quincy Williams under contract. Now you're talking maybe, ah, see, Mitt Flair got it. <laughs> Thank you, Mitt. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'm I'm a little nervous about linebacker. I think if we don't bring back Quan, we're definitely going to draft one in like the third or fourth round. The Marvian Overshone from Texas is kind of the guy I've I've liked um, in my in my brief little bit of watching it. I'm going to be real up front. I have not focused as hard as I want to on the draft aside from my combine week. There's a lot I want to want to get into there. Defensive tackle, I agree. I think you absolutely need to. Uh, to, to strengthen that position. Ha, Pierre says, I didn't expect that. Hit it sound. Hit it! Yeah, that's right. I got a whole bunch of little things. You play to win the game. Can't wait. I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> this one's my favorite. That guy's a moron over there. He's a real... The guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield saying the guy's an idiot. Oh, that's my that's one of my favorite drops. I really enjoy that one. Ah, sorry. This is what happens when Ryan gets a little button control thing. <laughs> I can't focus on the show. Ah, sorry. Amanda comes in. Amanda says, yes, they did waste his talent. If they give him more weapons, perhaps the Packers would have won another Super Bowl. It's not Aaron's fault. I blame the Packers. I think 100% with Amanda on this one. I mean, you talk about trading up in the first round for a quarterback that has provided you nothing for the last three years. Aside from maybe pissing off Aaron Rodgers and maybe making him play a little bit better in two years where he won MVP... Yeah, I think T. Higgins would have been a much better selection at that point to give Rodgers another weapon. I'm right there with Amanda. I think the Packers really shot the uh, shot themselves in the foot. That's what I think. Ah, see, Mitt Flair and <laughs> Pedro ID10T. That's my favorite kind of error. I say that at work and people don't catch on because it's not text. But that's all right. Let's see. What else are you guys talking about in here? Hennessy coming in. Hennessy says, Ryan, what do you think we do at center? I still think we draft a center. So the Jets have met with John Michael Smiths both at the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and they have a 30-day visit scheduled. Top 30 visit scheduled is what they're, uh, they're meeting. So the Jets are going to meet him three times. I think it's almost 100% sure if we have a pick where he is on the board, the Jets will wind up making that selection. Um, now, I would like to bring in a, a veteran center, more so because I don't want to have to telegraph the the fact that we need a center in the draft. There's a few guys I like in the draft. I like John Michael Smith. I like Luke Weipler. I like Ricky Stromberg. I like J uh, Jarrett Patterson. There's a few guys 
out there that I do enjoy. Uh, enjoy, that's a weird way to put that. A few guys that I do like at center. But I would like to bring in someone like a Ben Jones, even though he's got the concussion issues. At least you give the optics maybe of not going for a center in the draft. I'm always nervous about teams leapfrogging us and getting the player we want because we've telegraphed it. Now, as far as like, you know, the Jets bringing in a safety like Chuck Clark holding on to Whitehead, I think that's a similar situation where the Jets will end up cutting Jordan Whitehead because they have a new safety, but they're going to make that safety earn it in training camp and then save the 7.25 million because there's no trigger dates on any one of Carl Lawson, Corey Davis, or Jordan Whitehead. You can hold on to them as long as you want and then cut them and save the money at that point. So there's no reason in doing it right now. Dylan says we aren't cutting Jordan Whitehead. He's Revis's cousin. Yeah, Revis won a Super Bowl for the Patriots. His cousins can go kick rocks. I don't care if he's your cousin. If he's a bad football player, his ass is gone. Sneakers, boots, drops in, says trade down. If the top two to three tackles are off the board, JD's scout team is good enough to find a tackle in the second or third round. Yeah, sneakers to boots, I'm with you. I almost prefer, like, let's say the Jets do end up giving up the second round pick for Aaron Rodgers prior to the draft. I would go so far as to say I wouldn't even make the tackle pick at pick 13. I would try to trade down, and I would try to get those, uh, you know, extra second, extra third round pick. Then maybe you fall back to the end of the first round. The Giants sitting at number 25. John Michael Smith could very well go there. They just lost Feliciano. He's going over to uh, wherever the hell he wound up getting signed. There's a real shot the Giants end up getting the first center at the tail end of the first. I think that is a concern, unless you like a few of the other guys. But I think uh, the five-year rookie contract for the center is something I really, really like. And I agree. I think there's enough tackles in this draft where the Jets could trade down and still you know, work out all right. Because maybe you wind up saying, hey, Becton, you're going to play the left side. We're going to get DeWan Jones from Ohio State. We're going to plug him in at the right side. And uh, Dwayne Brown, you're going to be backing up, you know, Makai Becton, who has had a little bit of injury concerns in that sort of situation. I can absolutely see where the Jets may opt to go that direction. And I, I wouldn't be upset with that. Pedro drops in. What's up, Pedro? He says, ID10T only heard back in my <laughs> Marine Corps days. Uh, did you serve? Anyway, I think this happens before the draft, but if it happens after, not the end of the world. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think it's the end of the world. I did not serve. I've never served in the military. The ID, I don't even know where I heard ID10T error. I heard it at one point. Maybe it was through one of the tech reviews that I saw. I, I could have been watching a review on an item or something, or maybe like how to like do a YouTube or like editing type thing. And that's where I heard it because I did not come up with that myself. <laughs> I definitely did not hear it from anyone in person. It was definitely over the internet. Uh, but I love the ID10T error. That is, that is one of my favorite things to say to people. Ah, Braden. <laughs> it's uh, the Penn 15 Club. You said Penn Island. I've never actually seen Penn Island like that. But Pen15, when I was in middle school, ho, 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 you get free pens the rest of your life if you write it on your hand. Yeah, I did that once. Stupid Ryan. Stupid Ryan. Hawk says, we're going to trade down tonight in the Monday Night Mock over at Green Beans Channel. Yeah, if you guys are tuning in to the 10 o'clock mock over at Green Beans Channel, it's going to happen in 20 minutes. Lots of fun over there. Highly recommended. Tomorrow night, 
The 10 o'clock mock is going to be with the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a member-exclusive stream. I'm bringing that back. I said I was going to bring it back for a while. So from now through draft time every Tuesday night after the Talking Jets panel, anyone who's a member is going to be able to join that stream. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk maybe for 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. We're going to create a mock draft based on certain situations similar to what green bean winds up doing but this is my thank you to all the people who have decided to throw at least two dollars a month towards uh you know my little passion project here so i'm excited for it i love this mock draft stuff big fan of the uh the monday 10 o'clock mock with green bean Mike says, I'm upset the Jets didn't re-sign Herbig and let him compete for uh, with Tomlinson for the right, uh, you mean for the left guard spot. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little irritated we didn't bring back Herbig, but when I'm looking at some of the other free agents that the Jets do have, you're looking at guys like, uh, you know, LDT and... Um, you know, some other, some other guys, there's, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's a few offensive linemen that the Jets have that have not been signed by other players or by other teams. So you at least have this situation where you can sit back and say, look, that contract you wanted before, clearly no one else is offering it to you. Our offer is where it was before, or maybe here is our new offer because of what we perceive the value to end up being. Um, I really like that. I think the Jets should try to retain some of their depth. I don't want to have to go digging for new guys either through the draft or like outside free agents. Like that doesn't really rub me the right way. I like the idea of bringing LDT back. That would be nice. Patrick Mahomey too comes in, says, in my opinion, Paris Johnson Jr. is the safest pick at offensive tackle in the first round, but I think Broderick Jones has the highest ceiling. Skaronsky has excellent technique, but his arms are for guard. Thoughts? I do agree. I've heard a lot of speculation that Skaronsky would have to transition to guard in the NFL. That does concern me. I would say Broderick Jones is the highest ceiling, like you said. That's the one where I would go. I think that's I do think Paris Johnson Jr. is probably going to go before the New York Jets. But for me, Broderick Jones playing in the SEC, being compared to, to Brickishaw Ferguson, going against the best defensive players in, the, in, in college football, never allowing a sack through two years. You're saying he's only started for two seasons, which means he has the growth potential to be even better than we've seen so far. So for me, Broderick Jones is left tackle one. I know that's probably a little bit of a hot take considering we've seen Skaronsky and Paris, John, uh, Paris Johnson Jr. as like tackle one and tackle two. But for me, I'm totally fine with sitting at 13 and selecting Broderick Jones, as you say, uh, Patrick Mahomey. As far as Paris Johnson Jr. being the safest pick, I don't know if I agree with it. I mean, he's fine, but I think he's equally as risky as the other guys. Um, maybe because of the conference he plays into to some extent. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment kind of overall there. What else we got going on? Ah, oh, NY Cursor says ID10T and P PebCAC. Oh, I don't know what PebCAC is. PebCAC. I'm probably saying that, and it probably means something. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I know what Pen15 is. Pen15, that was one of those, those middle school days. Are designed to bypass users and management. Yeah, what is... You guys are going to have to tell me what PebCAC is. I don't, I don't understand. 
I'm going to have to Google it after. That's what you guys can make me do? Don't make me Google it. Come on. Ah, Tigo, what's up, dude? I see Tigo in the chat. Let's talk about Dane. Dane says, I heard Tigo say that Skaronsky would not be a starter for us in 2023. He'd be a backup until 2024. We shouldn't take him at 13. Any thoughts on that? Well, if he's being considered as a guard, I completely agree. Tomlinson is getting paid a ton of money. They're not going to bench him. And you're not benching AVT. So I would think if Skaronsky does think about a uh, you know a position change where he's going to guard, I think there's maybe like a little conversation where you have it with Elijah Vera Tucker and you say, hey, dude, are you a tackle or are you a guard? I would like to keep him a guard and I would prefer to go with Broderick Jones or someone else at the tackle position. That's interesting though. Uh, Amanda says, I absolutely love watching how excited you got when you heard Rogers going to play for the Jets. I love it. Oh, thank you, Amanda. Dude, that was 100% 100% authentic. If you want to see some panic, look at the Monday stream prior to that. It was like a five or six hour stream, whatever it was. The panic, like I had stress tears <laughs> coming down, waiting for the tampering period to happen. I was like, this is going to happen. I've got a meeting at three o'clock. I go in there. It's the first time I've been at work in like, you know, since the winter. And I'm like, I swear to God, if Rodgers get traded while I'm here, I'm going to discount double check all over you mother truckers. And then luckily we were able to see the Pat McAfee show with Aaron Rodgers. And I was able to discount double check all over you guys. That was probably my, of my reaction, that might have been my favorite part about it because it was just such a spontaneous, authentic reaction. I don't even remember what happened. Someone either said something in the chat or I saw something on TV and I was like, oh, <laughs> discount double check. Uh, I love it. I love it. Dakota J says, this Jets team deserves to win. This Jets base deserves to be happy and see our one and only team win. Dude, I agree. We've been way too... Uh, Far removed from winning anything. I just want to get some positive play. Duncan says, Ryan, what about making the conditional pick a 2025 first rounder based on Rodgers playing 150 plus snaps in 2024? So um, I don't like basing it on the snaps. I'd rather base it on the performance overall now maybe you make it a little bit higher like like make it an easier threshold to cross because we just want to have him on the team like maybe just making the playoffs is a you know maybe that's the first round pick at that point i don't i don't like giving up the 2025 first i don't think the Jets are going to have to give up more than the 2024 first 13 is not on the table and i don't want to touch you know the 2025 draft if i don't have to considering he's not even going to be here probably in three years. So we'll see how it goes. DKBX Jet says, this is the year you can kind of take your shots at the elite ceiling guys. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's absolutely a situation where you get Aaron Rodgers. You now are able to get those players that Jet fans haven't been able to get since the Rex Ryan days. Guys like LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Jason Taylor, um, you know, who else am I thinking of? Braylon Edwards, Santonio Holmes, those guys that you want to try to acquire. Now, granted, Santonio Holmes and Braylon Edwards were via trade. Cromartie was the same kind of way. So maybe Taylor and um, like a Chris Jenkins, like those kind of guys that are like, yo, I got to win a ring and going to the Jets is the best way to do it. And I'm going to take a little bit of money to do it. Yeah, we haven't been the benefit of that in friggin' forever. So I'm on board.
Scuba comes in. Sorry, guys. I'm getting stuff in my eye at the moment. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, scuba Diver comes in and says, would you trade Denzel Mims, Corey Davis, a second-round pick, and the Brett Favre trade for Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I would. If I had to, I would. Because Corey Davis is someone I would cut anyway, so throwing him into a trade is a non-issue for me. Denzel Mims, I have heard the, like, I've heard people are bullish on him, but I've heard a lot of people behind the scenes, this is nothing publicly, this is not Salah or Douglas or any sort of inside source um, higher up on the list, but I have heard rumors of people saying, yo, Mims is soft. He comes off the field after, you know, throwing a block or getting hit or something, he's like, oh man, that knocked my socks off or, you know, whatever. And there's, there's a few people that I have talked to that that think he may be a little softer. Uh, and he's in the final year of his contract. I do not think the Jets bring him back after this year. So if you think you can can make it work with, uh, with the Rodgers trade, I'm okay with that. Now, that being said, I like the idea of having Denzel Mims go off with Aaron Rodgers and then allowing him to walk in free agency because now you get the opportunity for a compensation pick. I like that with Elijah Moore, too. I'm not going to lie. Like, for me, Mims this year, Elijah Moore in two years, those are two players I don't really see the Jets, you know, signing to a longer-term deal. Like, I think Elijah Moore is going to want the money that A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf wound up getting two of his best friends. That, to me, um, is a little bit more... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know where I'm going with this. But Mims, Mims and Corey Davis, second-round pick, and then the fourth through first-round pick for Favre, um, that, I would do that. If I had to do it, I would do that. I don't want to give up Mims, but that would be – I would have no problem with it because I wanted to bring in Odell and, and other guys anyway. You're going to have some more weapons. Um, so giving up wide receiver that you would have cut and wide receiver four, no issues there. What else are you talking about? Johnny Bravo says, conspiracy theory. The deal is done, but they're waiting till after June 1st for cap purposes. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of what I was saying. And I would say if they're going to wait till June 1st, the NFL is going to stand in and say, hey, look, you guys agreed on the trade compensation. Great. Let's roll into July. Let's let this go till training camp. Let's have the NFL being the headline of every single ESPN newscast for May June and July. Let's have these Jet YouTubers that are pushing out content nonstop talking about the Aaron Rodgers trade and what could possibly happen. Little notes here or there. Those are uh, things that I could see the NFL wanting to do, and I think it is a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but I don't think it's that wrong because the Jets will get to use all their picks this year. The Packers get to save some cap space. Maybe the Jets get the Packers to eat a little bit of that $60 million bonus that we've heard them trying to work on. Maybe the Jets offer up the first-round pick at that point. Uh, I'm, I'm with Johnny Bravo on this. I think it makes a ton of sense to do this. Oh, man, I must have kicked a horn and says, you guys are not happy with my Mims comment. That does not come unfounded. That is coming from someone inside the Jets organization, just not very high up. That's someone that's around the team frequently. And it's not... <laughs> Not not made up. I promise you that. Um, but yeah, no. I look. I like Denzel Mims. I'm bullish on him. Six foot three, four three speed. Doesn't grow on trees. And I think it's worth holding on to him. 
my buddy who's a Packers fan, it was actually, uh, I was talking to him earlier today, and he's like, yeah, like, what about a second round pick and, uh, you know, a conditional pick next year plus Denzel Mims? And I was like, oh, interesting. You guys want Denzel Mims? Like, hmm. I would have thought Corey Davis would be in the trade, but I understand why Packers fans would want Mims instead of Corey Davis. You've got both guys on for a one-year contract, and Mims is significantly cheaper with much higher upside, even though Corey Davis is the better receiver right now. He's just not always on the field. We'll see. Oh, man, I got Jets Forever's nipples in a twist. <laughs> Somebody with no intel. I promise you, they definitely have intel. Um, I'm not... I will not reveal sources, but it's not it's not no one, but it's not I, I'm not gonna say it's someone high up because it's not. Um, official sports says Jermaine Johnson in a second. That's what I want. Let's keep uh, let's the Jets keep their first. I'm not trading Jermaine Johnson. Get the fuck out of here. You want a first round pick? I'll give you the 2024 first. There's no way I'm giving you 13. And Jermaine Johnson's off the table. We traded up to get him. Your quarterback that doesn't want to play for you is not worth me giving up a guy I traded up for. Get the flock out of here. There's no way that's going to happen. No shot. Zero shot. Douglas would rather give up additional picks before they give up guys they traded up for. Shane says, is there some sort of TikTok clip on the Packers subreddit that apparently claims to show... Oh, no, he says there's like some sort of TikTok clip on the Packers subreddit that apparently claims to show Mark Murphy in New York City. No idea how true it is. Uh, has the weird music and all. the. So I know Mark Murphy was at some type of convention or some type of, of speaking event, and he wound up talking at the uh, at the event and said he could not give any information on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and, and whatnot. So I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but that's kind of – that's something I saw today. There was a, a clip in there. Hold on. Patrick says, Mims is a hard worker and asks and asks what was asked of him and does what was asked of him. I completely agree. I have no issue with that with Mims. Uh, I personally appreciate him because he did not bitch and moan like Elijah more because of his limited role. Uh, except he did. He asked for a trade. <laughs> he, have, he did the same thing Elijah Moore did, but Elijah Moore was more vocal after a losing streak where Denzel Mims kind of sat and took it. Because he didn't have any trade value. So Mims did exactly the same thing as Elijah Moore, only Elijah Moore did it after a win streak. So I look, I, I get where you're coming from, and I like Denzel Mims. I think Denzel Mims got a raw deal. I would like to see Denzel Mims here. I'm just telling you what was relayed to me. Don't hate the messenger. If you don't want me to tell you the things I hear, I don't have to say it. I keep my mouth shut. Johnny Bravo comes in and says, give them Lawson before Jermaine Johnson. I completely agree. Jermaine Johnson is untouchable for me because we got him under contract for the next four years. Carl Lawson is under contract for one season. Now, I can understand a situation where you say, hey, look, we're going to trade Bryce Huff. He had one really good situational pass rush season. Uh, we tagged him with the second round tender. So we, we're, we're hoping a team does offer that for him so we can get maybe a second round pick back. Because the first round tender for a million and a half more is what you would have done if you didn't want to lose Bryce Hall or Brees Hall. Brees Hall? Bryce Hall. God, my names are getting all screwed up. Brees, Bryce Hall, to me, might be more of a tradable asset than either Carl Lawson or um, Jermaine Johnson. And that's not me wanting to get rid of Bryce Hall at all. 
That's just saying facts. He had one really, really highly productive season as a situational pass rusher. And if there's a situation where they do move on from him and they get Aaron Rodgers, I can totally see Carl Lawson restructuring and coming back for the next two years. Not at the current salary he's at. I could definitely see that. I think they really like Carl Lawson. But I don't think Jermaine Johnson's getting moved. I don't I don't know if the Packers are going to take Carl Lawson at that cap hit. He'd have to restructure his deal. So we'll, we'll see. Phil says, Ryan, what do you think about second about a second this year and a second next year. Um, If that's what it took, fine. I don't care. Look, I would have given up the second this year. I think the Jets are definitely going to make the playoffs next year anyway, which was what the condition would have been for me to give up the second round pick in this hypothetical conditional, you know, 2024 pick. So yeah, two second round picks, no problem with me. I'm all about it. Mitt Flair says the Packers fans know the fleece is coming. Well, I think they're definitely going to be upset with what they wind up getting. Oh, Bryce Huff. God, the Hall Huff thing is throwing me off. Brees, Bryce, Huff, Hall, too many guys. I'm getting jacked up. I know my players, but I'm saying the wrong shit. Um, yeah, look, I think uh, I think Packers fans are going to be disappointed with the return they get. I really do. I think they, they want the first. There's a real good shot they may not get it. Uh, Red John says some Jets content creators want to give up Rucker. What the F? Um, look, I understand the thought process of wanting to give up Ruckert because you have Conklin and Uzama under contract for the next two years. So you, you are starting these next two guys or these two guys for the next two years. That's what you're saying by restructuring both of them. Ruckert then is going into the final year of his deal when both these tight ends are off the roster. So as much as I love Ruckert as a Jet fan, and I want him here long-term, and I hope he's not part of any sort of trade package, if that was the the straw that broke the camel's back, I'll lose my fucking mind. I'm not losing Aaron Rodgers because of Jeremy Ruckert. I just don't think Jeremy Ruckert is going to be enough to move the needle for the Packers. I would not... I I don't think you're going to have to move off from him. I don't want to move off from him. I love the story that he is. I want him to stay a Jet. I really do. Let's see. What else are you guys talking about? What what time is it? It's 10 (laughs) o'clock. I didn't even realize we're at the 10 o'clock mark. All right. So, boys and girls, let me uh, recap some of my my thought process with everything that's going on. Aaron Rodgers will eventually be traded to the New York Jets. He will be our starting quarterback for 2023. I do think there is a very high likelihood that this happens after June 1st. Because the Jets don't have to pull the trigger on a trade. If the Jets want to be good trade partners, they'll make the trade for the second round pick before the draft or during the draft. There is no reason to panic. I saw Green Bean talking about this. There's no reason to offer up a stupid trade package just because people think you should offer up a stupid trade package because you don't have a quarterback. You're smart. There's no reason to give up the 13 pick when you're bidding against yourself. It doesn't matter if another team gets involved. It only matters if another team gets involved and Aaron Rodgers wants to play there. Two things have to happen. It's not just a team getting involved. One love drops in with a super chat. He says, just imagine Odell, Garrett Wilson, Lazard, Elijah Moore, and Denzel Mims with A-Rod throwing them the ball. Top five offense guaranteed. Yeah, I'm kind of coming around to the whole Odell thing as long as it's an incentive-based deal. I just don't want to give him guaranteed money. That's more so my issue with that. 
But yeah, Denzel Mims is your five? When we were thinking he might be our one at one point? Holy hell. That would be cool as hell. Would love it. Oh, Pedro, I see you over there in the chat. Pedro becomes a member of the channel. Ah, drop some J-E-T-S in the chat. D Santana's got it right. Pedro, our newest member of the channel. He wants to be a part of the 10 o'clock mock tomorrow night talking about an Aaron Rodgers trade. It's member exclusive. It's me giving back to you guys for supporting the channel. Always, always appreciate it. But guys, that's going to be it for me tonight. Got to talk a little bit about the Rodgers stuff with Richie. Took a few of your calls. Going to have to figure out why the calls aren't working in time for tomorrow's Talking Jets panel because that's giving me a little bit of a panic situation. But we'll figure out how that works. Boys and girls, this is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S! I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinnen Williams. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one to Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!